general nerdery. Tyler, I forgot to tell you the story before. Uh, a few weeks back, I went to Kalispell, which is just another town in Montana that's near where you're from in Ronan. You know this, obviously, but... Like, I'm not for, from Ronan. I thought you were from I'm Ronan. From, I'm from Superior. The fucking whatever. You're near <laughs> that area, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm west about 45 I minutes. I fucking give up. <laughs> Anyways, I am in Kalispell. A dude walks up to me, and I'm doing my phone fighting thing. So I'm in I'm in Belagarth Brain, and he goes, we have a mutual friend. And I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, he goes, was... and I'm like, yeah, who? And he goes, poof. And I'm like, who the fuck is poof? Because I'm thinking of, like, every phone fighter I have ever met in my life being like, uh, uh, uh. And he goes, oh, right, you know. Tyler, and I'm still in phone fighting brain, so I'm like, uh, uh, oh, right, the person I see, like, three times a week. <laughs> okay, so you met Joe? I guess so. Did not, did not keep the name. Hope he's not listening, because that's embarrassing. But I also hope he's listening, because I, we want listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry if we forgot your name, but also, <laughs> I, I didn't catch it, and uh, I've already forgotten it. Literally every time that I have talked to him since, he's like, bring Tyler. So... <laughs> We've talked about doing Belagarth episodes of General Nerdy. Yeah, figuring something out at some point. Yeah, I, I have ideas. Uh, anyways, welcome to General Nerdy, your podcast about liking things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. In case you didn't know that from this entire goddamn intro. Oh, and I, I'm and here too. Steven's here. Yay. Yay. Steven, look, turn on an episode of General Nerdy and there's a 50-50 shot <laughs> that Steven's here at this point. Like, just... What, <laughs> what can I say? I like it here. Just own it. <laughs> We're here for Food Wars Part 5. The final. The final plate. Uh, uh, like, year to the day after we did Food Wars, what, you said it was what, part two? Uh, I don't know if it's year to the day in that, like, a year to the day that I made my apple risotto, which I think I made the day before. Actually, no, I made it for breakfast that day, so it is a year to the day that we recorded, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, plate, uh, yeah. season three. Or season two. Season, season two. two. Yeah. So this fucking show has now taken up a year of our lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, many more than that for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's going to take up more, because I fucking love it, but... Especially the first two seasons, I'm going to probably... Before that, what have we been ingesting? What have we... Oh, God, what have I been ingesting? Um, mostly watching TV. Uh, Righteous Gemstones is back with their new season, so I've been checking that out. Love that show. Really funny. Uh, that's the one where it's... Um... Oh, God, what's his name? Eastbound and Down. That guy. Oh, why can I never remember this guy's name? He's also in um, Pineapple Express. Not Seth Rogen? No. Um, Not the other guy who doesn't really act anymore? He's also in... Danny McBride. Thank you. Yeah, Danny McBride is like the oldest of three fail children to a multimillionaire evangelical TV preacher <laughs> played by John Goodman. I knew John Goodman played a TV preacher in this. That's like, and all they're I all just shitheads and shit heels. And so like, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know why I like it so much because like there's, you don't root for them, but it's kind of great. Cause no matter what happens, you're either like, Oh, that was a good touching moment where they actually came together as part of a family because they're normally such fucking terrible people to each other or it's like oh no something bad happened to them which is great because they're fucking terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. people <laughs> get fucked nice but yeah third season of that started loving that so far it's been really good i think it's just under halfway through by now something like that 
And then me and Margaret had been watching through Baskets and finished that last night. I don't and know it's Baskets. fantastic. Um, oh, that's uh, Zach Galifianakis' show for FX, right? Yeah, yeah. Went four seasons. We finished it last night. It's <laughs> Zach Galifianakis is plays twin brothers, Chip and Dale Baskets, but it focuses... Yes. Okay, we're going to keep going. Like the Rescue Rangers. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> but it mostly focuses around Chip having to move back home to Bakersfield after he fails out of clown college in France. And the only job he can get to make money as a clown is by becoming a rodeo clown. Well, this actually sounds interesting. And living with his mom, Louie Anderson. Okay. It's really good. I hear Louie Anderson is phenomenal. Louie is amazing. They give Louie a romance arc. Like, Louie, he apparently has, like, this is like a career-defining role for him. Yeah. Um, which is right before he passed, of course, but unfortunately, holy shit, Louis Anderson was good as mama baskets. Like what the hell? Anyway, loved the show. Actually, it was, I don't know. It's got the best show to describe it as it has kind of the same vibe as Louis, which makes sense because Louis CK was one of the co-creators of it. It's the show that he was working on when me too happened and they kicked him to the curb as soon as that happened. So he is involved in, like, the first, like, season and a half. God, he used to be so funny. I mean, there's um, no getting around it. Like, fuck yeah. that guy. But he was very funny. And then he sucks. So, like, that's one of those that, like, if you have a problem with that, like, he was involved with the creation of the show and in the first season and a half of it. But as soon as everything came out, they kicked him straight to the curb. He wasn't involved in it any longer. Um, And it still continues to be fantastic. So... God, Zach Galifianakis, too, just destroys. And, oh, and the other weird part is, like, his insurance adjuster sort of inserts herself into his life and kind of becomes his personal assistant for, like, three seasons. Okay, on the trailer park that we just fucking did, we were talking about Dune and made it sound like the wildest thing that's ever come out, but now we're talking about this show, and, like, I think there's less space acid in it, but it sounds no less insane. It is entirely insane (laughs) Um, and very still very emotional and touching. And like over the course of everything, you get to find out how these people are the way they are and why they are the way they are. And there's like traumas from their past that they're all dealing with and um, just they're kind of dumbasses and don't take care of things in the right way sometimes. And, oh, his brother Dale is a piece of work, but. Pretty sure it's been nominated for a bunch of Emmys. I'm sure it has. And a bunch of other, like... It probably deserved it. It deserved awards. it. I feel like it's won. I know it... Yeah. I, I just know it. I'm pretty certain it's been at least nominated. And, like, Louis. Yeah. What's it What's it on? Uh, it's all on Hulu right now. Awesome. I mm-hmm. need to watch. Hulu owns the sitcom game right now. Mm-hmm. Hulu and Peacock are my two main go-tos for sitcoms right now. I don't now. have Peacock, so I've not really looked at it, but... It's weird, but good. Yeah, well, it's kind of like having Apple TV. It's weird, but it has, like, the three things we give a shit about, so. And, but that's, that's been mostly it for me lately. I feel like there was some, oh, 
No, sorry. What finished one other thing? Finished um the second season of Sweet Tooth. Oh, nice. Which was also great, and I, I can't wait for the last. Out. Okay. Yeah, That's I can't awesome. wait for the last season to come up. Uh, they are doing one more season, one last one. I don't have a lot to say about it other than it just. It's still firing. Like as much as I like the first season, I continued to like the second season. Everything is just as good, if not better. A far more hopeful version of the story. Um, not yeah. not Sweet quite Tooth as dark. Is one of the most depressing comics to come out in a long time, and depressing comics are like the thing du jour right now. So, which was the thing? So that's part of the the reason that why they took the show in the direction they did is that. Um, Jeff Lemire himself was like, cool, when I wrote the comic, they weren't, like, that wasn't 90% of the comics that were on the shelves. Mm -hmm. That wasn't 90% of the media that was out there. It was like a drop, you know, it was it was a weird drop in a, in a bucket that looked much different. Now that everybody's doing that, I don't want to. Like, we just went through a pandemic. Like, this, this isn't good. Things have been a bummer. It's yeah. okay to, like... <laughs> not be about no it's, it's why Ted Lasso clicked but mm -hmm. so it's still very recognizably sweet tooth but it's not not awesome the depressing sweet tooth it's a much more hopeful man dope I want to watch that I still haven't gotten into it yet uh I just saw into the spider-verse across the spider-verse across the spider-verse thank you uh which was incredible loved it Four and a half out of five stars. Yeah, it's really good. Love is there it. anything knocking off that final star or half star, or is that just one of the like I don't give perfect scores? For me, personally, the reason it's not like that last half star is that it is, it is very much a, a two and a trilogy. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. So as a standalone movie, it doesn't work nearly as well. But it, yep, per, okay, I'm with you. Um, uh, but. Also, as a standalone movie, holy fucking shit, I loved every fucking moment of it. <laughs> and then also, on top of it being an incredible film with, like, so many fucking Spider-Man references that moggled, boggled my fucking mind, I had the dream theater scenario. Just you? Just me and my partner. Well, okay, nice. yes. It was, it was just us. You just need to go shake your dog there, and it'd be perfect. Oh, that would have been phenomenal, but apparently they don't let dogs in the theaters. <laughs> they get all uppity if you try and bring them in. But yeah, no, Spider-Man, great. I'm excited for the next one. Um, I also, on a whim, watched the first episode of Strange New Worlds, uh, Star Trek, and it was fucking incredible and does a thing that I've I want to see, I've always wanted to see and don't feel like I've ever actually seen in TV shows with like sci-fi stuff of just like someone teleports in and just like, hey, you guys are all being dumb. Stop, stop. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, a the the basic summary of the first episode is a planet is accidentally exposed to tech they shouldn't be. Okay, you know, classic yeah. sci-fi or classic Star Trek setup, but instead of using warp propulsion or like warp drive technology to create a warp drive, they make a warp bomb. Okay. So, it's like two warring factions. Very right. Cold War feeling going on. And they get the uh, different countries to start talking to each other, but they're just... They're just arguing. Shouting. <laughs> and so Pike, who is trying really fucking hard to be my all-time favorite Starfleet captain, like, 
the only reason he hasn't won is because the 90s three have fucking 30 years of me watching them to like build that in. And he literally just teleports down in the middle of like them arguing goes, hi. Like, like they're live <laughs> broadcasting to the entire world. <laughs> it's the, it's like one side is the, the fucking pros. The other side is the con. He comes right down, smack down in the right between them. It's just like, Hi. And he shows images of World War Three of like, this is what happens. We know because we've been through it, because that's a big thing of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. World War Three happened. And they used fucking images from the January 6th insurrection to show what goes wrong. And, and like, fuck, Fox News was pissed and I was so happy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's... Framed it in a way that I didn't understand contextually of like it started as like a civil war that turned into... The fucking, uh, what do they call it? The, the global ge- war. Uh, no. Oh, uh, the eugenics. Eugenics war, which I have oh. heard mm-hmm. them talk about multiple times. And then into World War Three, And then like, oh, and then mm, talk about all the death and destruction and literal numbers of all of the extinction level event that goes on. And I was like, oh, fuck. Star Trek. Next. Yeah, that one sat a little heavy, especially oh. when I watched it a year or two ago and we were a lot closer to January 6th. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, but also at the same time, it's just like, ooh, fuck me, you guys are not playing around. (laughs) And realize I definitely, I love it, and I'm so excited to continue it, but definitely need to catch up on Discovery first, personally. Um, I don't think you need to, once you understand the stuff they explained in this episode, you're good, but you should anyways, because Disco is a fucking delight. Yes, and also for me, my brain. No, and I under the way I, I, I process super stuff. I definitely feel like I need to go watch Disco first. Uh, first two seasons, at least. After that, they that's where they segue. Yes, this right. does remind me that um, after I was listening to them talk about it on their podcast, I had to go back and rewatch that just that tiny little clip of the live action Mariner and Boimler, and now I can't unsee it either. Live action Mariner's sleeves rolled up look wild. I've not. Because she always rolls up her sleeves on her uniform. That doesn't look right with those uniforms. I'll have to look at it again later. Yeah, I want to look it up now. It Um, looks weird. Also, it's funny because they had to, like, just... Sew it and make it look like I was that. Say, they would basically just have to custom make that. Yeah, they had to custom make it because if you look at that fabric, it's custom. thick enough that if you rolled it up like that, it would be like three inches thick. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's when you say their podcast. Are you talking uh, like oh, what? Yo, is this racist? Oh, okay. Because she's also on the Pod Directive, which oh, right. is the fucking official Star Trek podcast. So mm-hmm. I didn't know. Anyways. Yeah, they brought that up at one point a couple of weeks ago, and I went and rewatched it, and I was like, oh, God, you're right. Now I can't unsee it. It looks so weird. Well, I'll be looking at that. We are, epi- three episodes are out, four comes out in a couple of days, so we are less than a month away. Oh, fuck, I might be out of town when that episode comes out. God damn it. Um, Not <laughs> important right now. Uh, oh, no, that's important all the time. Yeah. Always. Uh, I Then we, me and my partner jumped into Disco. You're like seven episodes in or so. First season's the slowest. I I think it's the weakest. I do like it. There's a lot of groundwork here they're laying down. Mm-hmm. So like I get it. It's definitely taking... well. And there was a lot of Brian Fuller was creating this before he dropped out partway through production. So 
but they were still running on his groundwork. So there's some weird pacing in the first season. Yeah. Good actors, though. Oh, great cast. Fucking Doug Jones' Saru is some of the best. Um, I forget her name, but the woman who plays uh, Michael... Seneca... Sonequa? Seneca Martin-Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, Seneca Martin. I'm not yeah, yeah. Seneca, thank you. I know I can't... I read it before I heard it, and mm-hmm. so I never have it right. Totally understand that. Uh, I know her... She, she was on The Walking Dead, I'm pretty sure, right? If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but... She's in Space Jam 2. She's also in fucking New Girl as Rhonda. Really? I've not watched the New Girl, so that's... Um, oh, yeah, she was Walking Dead. Yep. That's where I, I first saw her, but she's on uh, New Girl, and she has this... Uh, she plays a character who dates one of the roommates, um, uh, who, and she just is constantly doing pranks that are way over the top, and she just, like, will yell, Rhonda, Rhonda, whenever she pranks anybody, so... Just like, That's the best argument I've ever heard for watching The New Girl, which I heard is fine, but I just... It's a sitcom-ass sitcom that's very good and charming and has a great ending. That's great. I have, I'm have i not insulting it on that one. I just really love Sonequa Martin-Green <laughs> after watching. Um, uh, mid-series, Zoe Deschanel gets pregnant and has to go have a baby, so, like, they got really sidetracked. So, like, the writing, like the seasonal story arc of it gets really fucking sidetracked because of that. But overall... Great series. I love when a character, when an actor gets pregnant in a sitcom and they still have enough episodes that they have to fucking roll through. Like <laughs> yeah. in Big Bang Theory, it wasn't pregnant, but uh, uh, I can't think of that actress. Kaylee Cuco broke her leg, so any scene with her, she was like behind the bar. Or in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of the actors got pregnant and they just had her come up with, they had to come up with a storyline where she had to fake being pregnant, so... The real pregnant lady played someone dressed as a pregnant lady. Mm. But yeah, she pranks people. And so every time we, uh, so my partner just will keep yelling Rhonda while we're watching Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) Killing a Klingon Rhonda. She kills a lot of Klingons in that show. I mean, I get it. They (laughs) killed her parents. They're very angry. Yeah. I don't have too much, even though I read a fucking ton. So I had a very busy weekend a week ago. And the week before that, all I was fucking reading was um, Man Thing, mm-hmm. because we were getting through stuff. And then I finished my heavy reading, I finished all of my, like, responsibility stuff, and I didn't get off the couch for, like, a day and a half. And I just burned through so many fucking comic books. But, like, chill shit. Uh, I read the Spider-Punk miniseries. It was good. It was not... Is that the, the new... Uh, it came out within the last year. I Cody Ziegler? Yes. Have you read it? Uh, no, I've been wanting to because uh, I just know who Cody Ziegler is. He used to be producer on Yo! Is This Racist. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's good. It's... I kind of feel like they stretch the... Uh, everyone is punk anarchistic a little mm. far. Like, there's points where it's like, okay, we get it. But... I'm also not an anarchist, so I understand that uh, we're coming from different angles. I do really love that Captain Anarchy, their Captain America analog, is a Native American man. That's fucking cool. And their Mm -hmm. Daredevil, Punk Lady Daredevil, is a fucking amazing design. It looks super good. And Daredevil is a drummer, so she uses the drums to help with her echolocation stuff. was just like a fun little step. 
I want to read this. It's I'll lend it to you. It's really good. I read Sonia Versal, which is Red Sonia across the multiverse. Okay. Thanks. It, it gets complicated, but okay. So the original Red Sonia, and they had largely abandoned this concept because it's weird. But the original Red Sonia concept was after Sonia's family is killed, she makes a deal with a god whose name I don't remember that she will be the greatest warrior of all time or greatest warrior woman or like just up there, you mm-hmm. know, top 5%. But she can only bang if the person beats her in battle. 70 sword and sorcerer, it's a little weird. But why? Roy Thomas. Okay. okay. <laughs> Comic creators in the 70s had some weird sex hangups. Like they were trying, I think the thought the very sexist thought, I'm not defending this, was we need to explain how this woman is as good as Conan. So she made a deal with a god instead of what Gail Simone did when she wrote her, like, five years ago, that was, she's red fucking Sonia. That's why she's as good as she is. And the you-can-only-bang-a- Dude that beats you in battle kind of fits in with some of Wonder Woman's whole like bondage background stuff. Like it, it's there's some sexual politics that we're not getting into here. And it'd be such an easy thing to make it way less fucking creepy if it was her decision that she's not banging anybody that can't beat her in battle. Yeah, no. As I said, I introed this with it's weird and they've largely abandoned it. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> and instead, had her be like. I will have all the sex I want, and I want a lot of it. I'm like, yeah, go for it, girl. Go. <laughs> Get you some. But this one actually has a kind of interesting idea of... It turns out that every Sonya in the multiverse has made some deal with a god for a boon. It's not always the same deal, not always the same price. But thanks to Strange Shenanigans, a version of Sonia has decided that Red Sonia herself has obviously betrayed her god and doesn't deserve her boon anymore, even though it's not true. She made her husband, because in this version, Red Sonia has a husband, beat her in a fight before she'll fuck him anytime. But they find a way to make it kind of Every time? Every time. <laughs> Honestly, the relationship between Sonia and her husband was pretty cute, so I rolled with it. But yeah, it sounded fucking exhausting. <sighs> but anyways, for whatever reason, this, it's called Angel Sonia or Saint Sonia, has decided that Red Sonia has, like, pissed off her god and there's larger repercussions. And because it's Dynamite Comics, it ties into the Cthulhu mythos somehow. So she's just sending Sonias from across the multiverse to kill Red Sonia. And it ranges from, like, giant mech pilot Sonia to uh, Hell Sonia, who is, like, a demon lady, to Cowboy Sonia, to, to Purple Sonia, who is just whatever, Green Sonia, who is a... rides a dinosaur. Oh, shit. And then, like, there's eventually this big thing where they just she just summons every Sonia to a plane of hell and is like whoever kills Red Sonia gets whatever the fuck she wants. Go, and there's one girl that's Lacrosse Sonia who just <laughs> plays lacrosse <laughs> and is like, what is even happening right now? Wow, it's from um the guy that wrote Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. 
Chris Hastings? Oh, he's I awesome. Think. He if no wait, it's either Hastings or Ryan North. Either I don't remember. It is one of those people. No, it's not Hastings because Hastings did Dinosaur Comics. This is the guy that did Doctor McNinja. Oh, okay. Um, I, I can That might be Hastings. The other is Ryan North, and I get them confused. It's been so long since I've read. Doesn't Dr. McNinja. fucking matter. The guy who wrote Doctor McNinja wrote this. I think that's Chris Hastings. Okay. I used to, oh man, it's been so long since I've read Dr. McNinja. I used to read that when it was coming out. Yeah, same. It It's a strange book, and it's not the best Sonya book by a mile, but it's kooky fun. Like, I didn't, I had no point where I was, like, annoyed I was reading it, which there have been plenty of Sonya stories where I'm like, but I could be reading the better Sonya stories <laughs> right now. Like, what's happening? Uh, I also read both volumes. I read the first one of this already, but the second came out, so I read them of the current She-Hulk series by Rainbow Rowell. Okay. It's fucking great. It is. The She-Hulk series before this had been like, let's look at She-Hulk's life as a lawyer. And this one, probably because the uh, show did it as well, was like, let's really just own the fact that She-Hulk makes a great romantic comedy in the Marvel Universe. Or even just romantic, I guess, dramedy? Yeah. It's mostly She-Hulk has been an Avenger in the Jason Aaron run, spending her whole time as, like, you know, kind of beefy, calling herself Hulk, not, you know, more classic Hulk, like, not dumb, but not, you know what I mean. Uh, to cycle back, I did look that up. It is Chris Hastings who, who did do... Sonya Versal and also Squirrel, uh, Girl. Squirrel Girl and uh, oh I don't know about Squirrel Girl but did do Dr. McNinja and I'm going to look that up now I do think Ryan North uh, did uh, Squirrel Girl I get these two confused because they both started with webcomics that I read in high school and then got into mm -hmm. and then also at that same time while one of them was doing Squirrel Girl the other one was doing I think a similar like style of DC or not DC but Marvel like comic as well are they doing Gwenpool? they might be that's fucking that, I'm pretty sure Chris Hastings did Gwenpool and Ryan North did uh, Fuck, Squirrel okay Girl. no wonder I was screwed <laughs> uh, oh yeah She-Hulk romantic dramedy this one is like I've been an Avenger I've let my entire life outside of being a Hulk fall apart Let's bring it back together. And does a really good job of tying in Hulk stories that I, She-Hulk stories I never gave a shit about. Okay. And for the first time in history has made me like the character Jack of Hearts. Partly by having everyone in the comic even, other than like She-Hulk herself, be like, who gives a fuck about Jack of Hearts? Who does give a fuck? Well, I guess you She-Hulk. Oh, and, and I guess Rainbow Rowell. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's nice. what I got. Nice. Um, Take a quick break. Come back. Food Wars. Food Wars. Food Wars. Oh, yeah. Forgot to say earlier in the episode, uh, we were talking about trying to find a name for our summer of anime, and friend of the show and roommate Grizz was like, it's your beach episodes, man. <laughs> so I guess uh, appropriate, because this will start with beach episode, but... I barely even remember the beach episode. This one felt so inconsequential. See, I didn't care. It's like my favorite episode of the season, but we'll get there. Uh, I guess. Uh, look, this is my least favorite season. Yes. Oh, it's yeah, far and away. I still had fun watching it. I, there are things that I legitimately liked about it, but I mean, I've been honest about this from the beginning. This was they felt they had some emotional beats they still wanted to hit, so they tacked on a plot, and the plot is. Bad? 
Team Rocket. If this season was a regimental food war against noir that lasted three seasons, it would be my favorite. I loved noir. Noir is so dumb. Noir is ridiculous, and this is where it really loses me in that, like, everything they're cooking is nothing that I could do. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck about it. That's where, that's the big part where this season lost me, is that they, we were already seeing them, like... (sighs) They were already kind of pushing the boundaries. They were pushing it, but, like, the... The characters were doing things that you recognize. Yes. You just had to kind of yada, yada, yada how long it would take to make a thing, and you would mostly be okay. Yeah. they were, But they were still, like, feasibly doable dishes without it being, like... I'm, like, I could probably make that African ramen from last season. Mm-hmm. I could probably make... Um, uh, I don't remember what Soma plates for... Uh, Winning their regiment, I could probably make the, the fucking the, the giant bone. Yeah, I, I could probably make uh, Arana's um, uh, transforming for rocket rice, yeah, for rocket rice, rice daughter style. I don't have a fucking chainsaw that I can use. To and that's things. it. That's uh, you know. Uh, I don't have this weird blood pump thing. <laughs> Not Ishki. Uh, uh, Skasa's like sword length fucking greater was like goofy but I was like okay I bought it for him yes exactly I bought it way more last season than I did this season um, with him like oh what finesse he uses it to to grate the meat no it wasn't the meat it was butter no no I they talk about meat this season and I'm like okay kid <laughs> let's take it home raw raw meat you're using a microplane on raw meat <laughs> so Mm-mm. It's a kind of plot thing. Like, the plot of this season is nonsensical. The cook, cooking in this season, they don't bother with it half of the time. No. No. I will say the characterization is still pretty good, and I still enjoy, like, basically every... They had moments that I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. But it was interactions, but mostly between, like, Soma and Erina or something, as opposed to... Anything else. This season does have, I will say, compared to other seasons, though, for me, some emotional beats that I'm glad they they, they were able to shoehorn into here because they were ones that I were like, I'm happy to. I Fucking Mega Me, for me, this season has a couple beats. And I'm just like, yeah. Also, uh, this is the season. I mean, one, even in the manga, they just tacked on like a final five volumes of this. And then this... They took that tacked-on storyline and gave it what I think was obviously the lowest-budget season of all of these. Like, it felt like they had, like, real money restrictions that they ran up. Oh, really? Because I felt like the animation was weirdly the best in this season, but that they used it for really weird things. Uh, Like, like the walking animations in this are so much smoother than they had been in any of the previous seasons, but it's literally just so that you could have better-looking butts when they walk. What it... (laughs) That's very on-brand. What it is is the final episode, and we'll get to it when they get there. They changed quite a bit of shit in the final episode that, in my opinion, is to the detriment. This feels like it was meant to be an OVA movie. I can see it. That then... Like, they they offered them the budget for that, 
And then they were like, but what if we take that and turn it into a season? That said, let's start. We're going to just do... We don't have the notes that we had last time, so we're going to just kind of do a rough run-through of the episodes. It almost doesn't... Like you said, they don't focus on the cooking. So we can't really go by and the like, meals. It's kind of just like plot-wise kind of light in that like the f- the first episode's basically their finals, which I... Reading the Wikipedia, I am fucking blown away to realize that this is only the finals for their first year, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, it, it there's some weird timeline stuff, too, going on, because we also saw, like, into their second year at the end of... Yeah, like, I thought this was the final, like, the terms of, like, I thought it was like maybe their second year finals and they're going to be going into their third year, which like I did do some cursory uh, looking up of Japanese high schools and like how they work and stuff. It's apparently just three years for the most part. In a lot of cases, because they'll do, I think four years in their junior high, or it's like their junior high is basically extended up through freshman year. So high school is much more like sophomore, junior, senior in American schooling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which so is like, very confusing when I was a kid reading manga and did not understand that. So with that in mind, basically... I feel like I understand that better than any time I hear somebody English say something like sixth form. Yeah, I don't know what that is. What are we talking, British schools? Yeah. A-levels, I think, is like getting into college. <laughs> Anyways, Food Wars, Shokugeki no Sama, The Fifth Plate... Okay, so you guys, neither one of you gave a shit about the beach episode. I, I'm i going to make a strong argument for the beach episode in that I just really enjoyed watching these characters that I have a lot of affection for do what they do best, which is bounce off of each other and make good-looking food in, like, interesting ways. It was a great reintroduction of the characters, I th- and I enjoyed it from that standpoint. It was like, just a palate cleanser. It's just like, hey, we're just set in tone. This is where they're at. This is what they're up to. We got to introduce this asshole of a character, which uh, fucking... We'll get into Saiba. Saiba, <laughs> Saiba is my new number one least favorite character. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't have any good reasons. He, like, especially from the anime points uh, standpoints, he's just a fucking shitlord. Well, and they fucking rush his, like, end reveals. Which, even with his end reveals, it doesn't give him enough of, like, a meritable reason for him to be have been No, a- it's garbage. It's yeah. fucking garbage. Yeah. I like the cross... I'm not... I like his power, though. The cross knives? It's yeah, interesting. the cross yeah. knives I is cool. get it, but... Basically, I can use any... The skills of any chef that I've beaten, but instead of like Soma plus Megumi, Megami, it would be Soma times Megami. And like, I get it, but like, no, it's nonsense. The, the is, thing I don't get is like, why the fuck does this motherfucker have this ability? Like, comparatively, like, it just like. Because the Nakari family is a bunch of freaks. Oh, yeah. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Yeah don't have much to say about the beach episode as i said i just it's the one episode of the season that i would probably just put on to enjoy Wait, just to Saiba the god asshole <laughs> the god fingers gross also what you just said was gross <laughs> their yakisoba is one of the ones that i was like oh fuck i would really eat that yeah like, that does like going in retrospect that that's top three dishes of the season for me of what I would want to actually eat. Yeah. 
And then we find out that the blue is going to happen, which they've mentioned the blue before, but mm-hmm. now they really explain it. It's the something, something, something. Basically, it's a it was, it world was championship Sila's... tournament for people under 25. Yeah, it was it, it was contextually mentioned in previous seasons with, like, uh, Soma's dad burnt mm-hmm. out before he could compete. In something they mentioned in the manga that I don't think they mention here, because there's several people who compete in the anime to get in the blue that they don't let in in episode two. We're just going to roll into episode two, because mm-hmm. unless you have anything to say about... No. No, it was basically their finals. You see, like, other people are doing other shit at other... Like, it's a palate cleanser episode. It's, I mean, literally, that's what it is. <laughs> it introduces this fucking first-year teacher, which we talked about, and he's an asshole. In, and uh, someone's like, I recognize this guy. He, I don't like him, but I recognize him. In also, this... he weirdly hit on me. Yeah, they definitely did. You're right. I forgot how sexual he was with Soma in his early... Wildly sexual for this corny cooking anime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because usually sexual in this show is just like the clothes exploded. His was was like... Which isn't sexual somehow in the show a lot of times. (laughs) It is, but it isn't. Well, it's usually more like horny for horny's sake rather than like... Hey. Yeah, right. (laughs) I like your eyes. Um, the second episode is not really a palate cleanser. It is sort of a goodbye to a lot of characters because we have so many characters in this goddamn show at this point. And like at least 30 plus. Most of them will show up at least once more, but we don't really get any character moments from them other than they fucking here they are in the back. Yeah, exactly. Background support. But... Uh, this one we get to see, like, one last cool cooking thing that they do. Yeah, a little bit of taste of everybody's, like, specialties and, like, seeing how they approach it. I will say, in the manga, it's revealed later on, and I I only read the final volume last night, just because I ran out of time. So I don't know if it happened in this, but several of the people they kind of say goodbye to in the Azur... They call it the Azur championship or something mm-hmm. like that actually we find out later have their own invites into the blue that they just turned down akira and mimasaka both have invites to the blue that isn't through like the totsuki school that they just don't do <laughs> and so they got an invite and said mm, nah fuck it we're gonna instead do this other thing to try and get these other invites yeah i don't know if they just don't wait isn't it isn't it because they're off shutting down the poachers? That's not in the... As far as I can tell, the we've been shutting down Noir in the background is not part of the manga. Okay, well, it makes perfect sense for them not to be there in the anime, at least, because they're off doing, like, secret agent shit yeah, in the background. No, I, I'm with you, and I actually really <laughs> enjoyed that, but they just also, have a moment of, like, are you sure you got invited to the blue? Are you not going to go? And he's like... Nah, Soma's got this. <laughs> like, oh, wait, we're definitely going to have to talk about it when we get to them shutting down the noir stuff. That's like an episode 11 or something. But oh The final God. episode is, should be like three episodes long. Oh, holy fuck. Them, them taking down noir is so great. Uh, this one, though, is basically everyone has to make soup. Which is the most disappointing. It's just like the weakest category. I'm just like, oh, soup... There were some cool soups in this. There's some cool soups, but I will say, Alice, that's not a fucking soup. You made boba tea. I'm not saying it even sounds bad. I'm saying it's not soup. 
Hers like, was the one that was most interesting to me. Yeah, but it fucking wasn't the category. <laughs> but this is where we really start to realize that cooking doesn't matter in this show. And I mean, it matters, but like the details of what they're cooking, I kind of wonder, because they had a professional chef helping them figure out meals for this manga. I don't know, maybe he just quit? Or maybe he was like, I can't do this, guys. Like, it, we've gone too far. I was almost wondering that just while watching, because, like, at a certain... Through most of the seasons, they're giving all these, like, little details, and you you can become a better cook by paying attention to the details they're giving you. I and have this, found just the like, Food Wars cookbook, and I am buying it. Like, like, look, this looks pretty. Oh, this is this. We're just going to say this name at you. And I'm like, what French technique to... word. Yeah. But, like, not as detailed about, like, anything anymore. That was, yeah, slightly disappointing with this, and, like, I think the, like, the last season as well also got leaned in. The last way. season at least put time into showing you the meals being made. Not all of them in the Regimental Food Wars. They would have someone lose in the background, but there was also three food wars happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Although this one has, there's one food war, and we're not going to bother to show it to you. I feel like seasons four and five have a very much, were definitely hindered by not knowing if they were ever going to be made because of licensing issues with distribution. Mm. Um, they did eventually get made and put onto Adult Swim, but basically just, like, that was a crapshoot in it happening at all. Like, it went from... That's why you can, can't can find season three, four, and five as easily as you can find season one and two. Yeah, season three we only found on... Crunchyroll, and it was only in Japanese. I think four is also on Crunchyroll, but is in English and Japanese, or at least it was. I don't know if it still is. I think High Dive has like one or two of the seasons, which is like the other streaming platform that is basically a thing because they do Eche stuff as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they pay for it, basically. Um, uh, and will cater to a more mature audience than Crunchyroll. Pervert. Or Pervert audience. <laughs> Let's be real honest about it if they're doing etchy. Well, they also have, like, horror stuff and other things that's not necessarily horny. All right. I hope it's not horny. That one I'm going to yuck some yum on. Because there's some, like, gore stuff as well. Fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't like it when they, I mean, whatever. We're going to just saying, stop but, that. Uh, let's not mix gore and horny at the same time. Not my bag. Yeah, not yeah, not a good thing. Anyways, food wars. Food wars. Uh, good horny. <laughs> the best part of this, I mean, one, Megumi's miso soup in like different balls. That sounds bad when I say it that way. Yeah. Uh, um, Her seafood, seafood meatballs. meatballs with various miso soups inside looked interesting. And was still soup. And then, like, the, the 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 amount of depth she goes into to make different soups into each meatball. And it's like a fucking multiple course of, like, featuring all the regional variants of miso soup. And The only downside is I know I would eat the one that I liked best and every other one. I'd be like, that's not this one. <laughs> yeah. But that's just a me thing. When I find the thing that I want, I want a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. But the important part is Megumi is finally allowed to win a fucking food war. Yeah. When they, they, they announce the rankings of the episodes and you and you find out Soma takes third and I'm just like, fucking Megami. Megami. 
<sighs> and then they announced the second place uh, was what, Isumi? Right? Uh, yeah, Takami. Uh, and I was like, Megami! I felt like it should have been Ishki, but I understood for plot reasons they wanted their, like, big three. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she should be way fucking higher than the tenth seat on the council. Yes. And like I love that that's just subtly just like constantly dropped throughout the time throughout the the season. It's just like, oh shit, Megami's actually a really great cook, and it's all super passive aggressive, and I hate that end of it. <laughs> Although at a certain point, someone was just like, damn, Megami's a great cook, but she's even better front of house. And it was just like, yeah, she's great. Why don't you guys recognize this? Well, most of her friends have recognized it before she did. It's everyone else that's like. Who's this girl having a panic attack right now? Probably don't yeah. need to worry about her. Oh, fuck. This country bumpkin. Although, fucking A, Megami this season also, like, she gets some confidence and responds to people in ways that, like, I don't know if the... I, I, you, I think, watch it sub. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do Denver? I don't. Um, the way she refers to certain people in very much a motherly, like... Don't don't talk back to mama. That was like <laughs> seems weird. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. Her whole thing has been a home cooking, yeah. so bringing in the mom stuff. But like, there's moments where she almost mommy doms, but they're still leaning heavy into like the mama side of it. That I was like, Mm-mm. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Um, uh, someone makes, what does he make? He makes the golden eggs filled with Hamburg steak and like almond rice. And, uh, Takami makes the cheese with cheese with cheese. Mmm, cheese. I liked it, but man, if you're going to do a fondue, you need some like stuff to put in it. Yeah. Either cheese to dip into your cheese or bread to dip into your cheese. Fruits to dip in your cheese. I mean, I know that's more of a chocolate fondue thing, but there's still plenty of good mm-hmm. cheese oh, yeah. fruits. Yeah. Dried fig. Crackers. Apple. We Sausage. Did, we did uh, uh, cheese fondue once, and we fucked up the the fondue, but we had, like, boar sausage and pork belly, and we just fucking made ourselves sick at Meat Fest instead. But that's that's the kind of shit that you want in a fondue. Uh, we also see in that episode that uh, at that like the same time, basically before the blue starts, that uh, Soma's dad loses a food challenge to an right. to an un unknown challenger. We don't we don't recognize this guy that looks exactly like an, a character that was introduced in the last episode. <laughs> Just wearing he. I'm sorry. I keep calling Noir Team Rocket, and it is mostly because they're goofy villains, but also. He dresses like a fucking member of Team Rocket. Yes. Put an R on him anywhere, and I would not know he was not part of the Pokemon manga anime. Yeah, he's just like a weird fucking, like, regional variant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he lost his knife. Uh, Joe Ichiro lost his knife in a food war. Um, also, a him and... Uh, not him. Uh, Soma and Saiba enter into a food war with the promise of basically a food war over who Erina gets to marry? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, on one hand, like, hey, fuck you guys. On the other hand, I 100% believe that Soma did not register the fact 
that he was basically promising to marry Arina yeah, by he, doing this. He's not battling to marry Arina. He's battling so that he can continue to battle Arina. <laughs> so that like this asshole can't marry Arina. <laughs> yeah. It entirely felt like that. And like he didn't even register that like in doing what he's doing, he's basically trying to marry Arina. Which I didn't didn't I'm a little disappointed by that. that Wait, this asshole who in the moment should be registering instead on Soma's radar is like a sex isn't offender? this guy one of our new teachers that <laughs> is, is so threatening is to marry my classmate slash director of this place? He falls under the strange anime trope, and I know it's not just anime, it's just common in anime of the school teacher that is like 18 so they can justify quote unquote teenage romances with a student it's his age is unclear but he's not much i mean the implications as far as i can tell is that he's relatively supposed to be around soma's age he's older than them he's but older not but not like a lot yeah like i would say he'd probably be the theoretically, like, he should theoretically be maybe two, three years older. That's what I was getting, yeah. Because, like, in the flashbacks when, like, you see him as a younger character talking about, like... Joey Trill's leaving. Yeah, and, like, at the same beat you see also young Soma. Like, they're... they're Within a few years. Yeah. Also, when we find out that... Okay, this is kind of skipping ahead. Saiba's big thing is that... He feels abandoned by Joichiro Saiba, even after he took on Saiba's last name. But he's not actually Saiba's kid. He was just raised by him and is allowed to take his last name. But he's like, you abandoned me. And he goes, Saiba asked you to go with him, you little dickhead. Like, And didn't force you. Like, just like gave you, like, hey, I, explaining these things happened that I now need to go take care of my child. But if you want to come with me, you could be my other child. And I realized that, like, th this could be a thing you might want, so I'm going to invite you. And this motherfucking kid, I understand he's a child, but he takes the wrong choice of just, like, and now I need to fucking kill Soma. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to join the evil cooking mob and kill Soma after destroying Joichiro because you didn't take me with you. When I said no. How fucking dare Soma <laughs> let his mom die <laughs> and force my adoptive dad to leave me. That motherfucker will pay. Also, I have to marry Erin up because I was given the advice, find someone to cook for. So clearly, only she is good enough because every... I don't... Saiba's plan is somehow worse than Jesse and James's. I Do you mean, think Saiba... Would have went through with his plan if he would have learned his parentage? A hundred percent. Yeah. He's a fucklord to the nth degree. We're gonna talk about that as we get to it in the series, but... Um, I mean, can, I just... can we? The redemption we, of the Dockery family sucks. This Can we spoil it, though? Because I do we in the same beat of, like, talking about his plan. Saiba's actually a Dockery and is technically Erna's older brother. And, like, his dad's plan was equally as buckwild <laughs> fucking bonkers. So, like... We also find out, and they show they more in the manga, from. that the grandfather, the dean who we actually like, uh, uh, Cooking Dumbledore, his plan is 
about as buck wild as everyone else's. It's just more focused. More focused and also somehow less fucking creepy. Yes, it only tries to destroy a few potential children as opposed to... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. They do a, a they do the cooking battle. It's pork cutlets. Automatically, it's shit I'm interested in because mm-hmm. fucking pork cutlets with a cheese sauce. Hell yeah! These are another one that I really actually want to try. Yep, I'll agree. Yeah, they look pretty good. Soma loses thematically. That surprises no one. Uh, because uh, he had put up his knife mm-hmm. in the battle. They decide not to take the knife because mine is better, and they show off Juichiro's knife. Which Soma immediately realizes. Yeah, because it's Soma's mom's, then his dad's knife. Like, And they didn't really hit on that as strong in the anime, I don't think. That, no, they did not, and that I did not catch that. That was his mom's knife that his dad started using after his mom died. They way underplay Soma's mom in this season. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. <laughs> they uh, wicked underplayed that. Half-baked at best. Uh, that's basically all that happens in this one. Oh, they are told about Noir. They're told about Saiba, Asahi's, whatever story. Also, Noir are known as the chefs of the night. Yeah. And they all have those fucking, like, all of the nameless minions, instead of being, like, nameless cooking things, all have the fucking uh, giant, pointy, like, Satanist. Dope-ass concepts. (laughs) Terrible execution. Wish they had peppered it in in the last few seasons of just, like, the, the cooking world at large beyond Totski. Because, uh, like, if they had literally just mentioned, like, underground battles or fucking that there's there's chefs who fucking live on the edge of society. Because, like, like, they talk about the, uh, the concept that they do, like, deathbed. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> like, beyond cool as shit, also just, like... Interesting. Fascinating as shit. And just, like, also, like, kind of beautiful of, like, going... Like, f- criminals can go fucking die for being criminals if they're really bad. But, like... <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, at the same time, like, the idea of making deathbed meals for people, like, incarcerated and... Mm-hmm. Other things like like can't get that from other plays. It's like that's fucking cool as shit. I'm really into that concept. And then they uh, have a clown. Too. <laughs> so you were obsessed with this fucking clown. <laughs> this clown is so cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, at this one, Sa- I'm obsessed with like all of noir, and they mostly just get skipped over. Yeah. Saiba makes the deal with Erina that she'll marry him if she loses. Which I keep being like, stop promising these things in Food Wars, people. Like, you can just say no and then beat him anyways. It's the fucking Marty McFly, call me a chicken again. Except for, like, I'll marry you. And Joey Chiro tells the secret of becoming a great chef, dedicating all your cooking to someone else. However, in the anime, it definitely comes across more as to a girl. Oh, yeah, very much, very gendered. To your romantic partner who is a girl, unless you're Erna, in which case it will be to a boy. While, like, I don't know, and maybe I just read it that way. In the manga, it's treated much more like, Erna, the person you're doing your cooking for is your mom. It doesn't have to be a romantic thing. Although my wife was making fun of this, and I'm like, what, you say you don't make your cooking for me? And she goes, honey, I make my cooking for me. 
So I guess she does do this. She just, the person is her. Which is a fine way of going yeah, about it's it. Great. I get great food out of it. I am not complaining. And we all should really love ourselves, too. So that's, <laughs> uh, it's great, I think. We also are introduced to the uh, the Bookmaster World Gourmet oh, yeah. Organization. And World Gourmet Organization is somehow even nuttier than it was before. Although, spoiler alert, Erina's mom is in charge of the World the WGO. That makes it very strange that Dean Knockery's plan from the previous season involved basically openly running or like colluding with the World Gourmet Organization. Because that's his ex-wife. Why would she agree to do that? Unless she's like so high above the level he's fucking around at that he's <laughs> not right. even touching. Like <laughs> she could just be like, "Sure, whatever. I don't give a fuck. You, you minions, do whatever you're doing. I'm, I'm doing some grand orchestration." We come to first round of the blue. Turns out the blue is you're earning your way to a castle instead of it's just a fucking cooking thing. Yeah, like they make comments that this is the first that's previously had been like pretty traditional like cooking competitions of like high cuisine is just like the theme and but it's like basically like a top chef like time trial cook this thing get judged and that's it um but this one is very weird different stages there's a little takashi's castle to this there's a little uh most extreme elimination challenge oh i wish that there was more if gila douche would have showed up (laughs) (laughs) they each have their own challenges we only ever see Soma's, which is kind of interesting. This old former noir member is looking for a last meal with the incredibly dark plan to shoot himself in the head at the end of this. Which, yeah, like that I didn't love. Um, but, yeah, basically the the challenge is prepare a, an appropriate last meal for this former noir chef who's apparently like too too old to be in the kitchens now at the point at this point. See, when they kept calling it a Last Supper and mentioned that, like, he used to be a hard ass and stuff, I thought he was, like, on loan from the prison and that they were going to execute him afterwards. Yeah, but that wouldn't have worked with Soma's strange fuck you if you can't cook, you get to eat at least. Yeah, and that's when, like, it got to Soma's and I was like, oh, okay, that's a little bit less interesting to me. And then it you got the dark turn of like, oh, he was actually going to kill himself. Yeah, that's close to what I was thinking anyway. Also, he's like, by the way, I had two guns here. One that shot, like, flags that say you pass, and one that's just a fucking gun. Like, make sure you've got real good trigger control and, like, keeping track of what's what, random old senile man. Like, Also, as far as I know in Japan, kind of hard to get guns. So. It was surprisingly gun-heavy for Japan. I did think of that, too. In America, fucking whatever, but we're not diving into that. Um, yeah, but all the, like, it's, it's set up that basically, like, fucking the bookmaster WGO is, like, looking for, like, the next revolutionary chef who can make the, the, a dish that can, that's never been seen before and is bringing noir to fight and bringing all of the top chefs and basically all the other top chefs who are, like, normal conventional chefs are kind of shitting the bed comparatively. Yeah, it turns um, out Totsky is not nearly as well thought of as, like... Up till now, if you're in Totsky, you're basically already, like, the king of cooking. And then now they get out here and they're like, fuck you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I have on this one. Everyone else has, like, complicated stuff. I enjoy Soma giving this guy a will to live again for a while. Megumi's challenge of 
Food that's appropriate for man and dog is the easiest goddamn challenge in the world based off the amount that my dog loves literally anything to make. <laughs> um, having a dog with a kidney disease and having to make special food for my dog, this is a hard fucking challenge. <laughs> sure, but they don't say a dog with kidney disease. They just say dog. Also, Kevin, how much food? Did you know your dog can't eat onions because it can cause Yes, I know. I, I take care and of it. How, I, what I mean is, like, like make a fucking hamburger and you'll be fine with that challenge. Yes, <laughs> but also at the same time, it has to be a one-to-one meal that both you and your dog can eat and enjoy. Again, a hamburger. <laughs> I'm just saying, compared to stop this man from shooting himself in the head, it's an easy fucking challenge. Yeah, they're much easier challenges. And then Takami's is like, make children's food. Make baby food. Yeah. <laughs> Which So you had to avoid all the major allergens, is what they meant. Avoid all the major allergens. It had to be food that both babies and adults would like, I think. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So it can't just be mushy peas. Which I wouldn't like, so yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, both, both, I think, like, deceptively easy-sounding challenges, but also at the same time much easier compared to Soma's of, like, make something this guy who uh, has no will to live will enjoy. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, I, it made me laugh really hard because that joke landed for me mm-hmm. that the, the comparison was, like, he was keeping someone from shooting himself in the head and they were dealing with puppies and babies. But it seemed like they didn't treat it like it was much harder. They were all like, it's just fucking weird challenges. Because I think he said something of like, theirs were equally weird. Like, no, it was not, Soma. Yeah, I don't know. It made me laugh, Yeah, contrast. I I think that... I think they were trying to imply that they all were equally as weird, and we just got, like, the surface (laughs) level explanation for theirs, that it was like, yeah, we had to make dog food and human food that both could eat. But, like, they're like challenge in the experience is supposed to be like actually weirder than that, but we didn't have time to see it. So I think that's what they're trying to do. Then we get into the second challenge, which is the convenience store brawl. Oh yeah. That, I liked this one. Basically yeah. the WGO has rebuilt a convenience store and is like, you can only use ingredients from this convenience store, but you have to make a dish that's worth a hundred us dollars, which like, fuck me, man. I, I can't fathom paying $100 for a single dish of anything. What I liked about this one is we got Skasa back, but I enjoy Skasa when he's not the villain. Yes, I very much enjoy Skasa, actually, um, especially in the context of not a villain. Of like, hey, right, that plane was dumb. Thank you for noticing that, Soma. Uh, Let's be friends. I feel like this is also the last time in the season that they give us even, like, a half good explanation of what they actually did to the food. And what the food should like, 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 I think Soma has well. like one more, but yeah, this is really where they were like, okay, we're until, until like the final plate, because I feel like they give enough information on at least Soma's very last dish. that yes. You could probably remake it. And I actually really would. Like the recipe it. is in the yeah. book. I mean, amazingly baselined recipe for that fucking insane thing that Mm -hmm. he did. This is the kind of stuff that I just enjoy watching Soma do. Here's a food challenge. It does, like, at first it seems like it works immediately in my wheelhouse, but there's... There's an underlying thing that I didn't catch immediately. Gotta figure it out. Okay, cool. That's what's... But we've seen it so many times at this point... And I think as much as I enjoyed the convenience store angle and as much as I enjoyed seeing Skasa, 
other places like the uh, egg challenge in the hell camp where he was making the not omelets, the souffles. Oh yeah, the the jiggly mm-hmm. did the souffles. same concept in more interesting fashions. Meanwhile, Erina is, it turns out that Erina's mom, who we don't know is Erina's mom yet, but fuck it, we've already said that. Oh yeah, she got a special invite to the blue, and she's there, and her, her mom's making Because she's the fucking dean, and it's the god tongue. It's also but, not hard to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they're trying to make Erina fail by just sending every chef that fails against her, being like, if you beat her, you can get back in. And to advance, you have to beat all of these people, Arina. <laughs> Which Arina has a dark arc here that I feel like would be better with a little more explanation earlier to give some like you're just like she's in a fucked up place, but we don't really understand. Like, like I really didn't contextualize it until my second watch through of the season and under and seeing her uh, meet up with um, oh why can I never remember her name. Secretary Girl and Alice. I, I'm so mad that I can't remember Secretary Girl's name. Yeah, but it's Secretary yeah. Girl. Uh, but yeah, but when, when she shows up with Alice and just like, oh wait, yeah, she's been fucking by herself this entire time. She has none of her safety support system that she's built around. And her mother herself. is actively trying to food murder her. <laughs> oh yeah. Look, I already know that I'm a big Alice fan, but I do feel like one of the biggest weaknesses of this season is that Alice is the perfect character to put against Noir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Alice could do some some weird shit that Noir would not be ready for. And that kept bugging me through this. I'm like, just let Alice take down the creepy clown man. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the one where we first see the chainsaw lady, and that's the where, I mean, that's literally the point where I checked out. And I, like, got back in, but I had to, especially the first time I read the manga, I had to kind of, like, work my way back up to, like, trusting it. Because I was like, I'm using this chainsaw to spice my meat. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's, it it did, it it lost me there, but then the clown uh, with his stupid fucking uh, oven balls of really really got me back. Yeah, the clown with the oven balls is dumb, but it worked in the same way that the assassin that we'll see later is, like, goofy, but it worked. I was actually more okay with the chainsaw than the assassin, where it's like, I'm imparting all this flavor to the meat just by cutting it with very specific fingers. Okay. You're not wrong. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. What worked for me is it makes perfect fucking sense to me that in this bizarre world where food may or may not be the dominant government system, (laughs) that there was an ancient clan of assassins that just randomly decided to become chefs but never gave up the assassin motif. Like that... I mean, this whole fucking universe is extra. Just extra. It was extra just in a way that I was willing to buy it in a shonen kind of way, while his cooking itself I didn't give a fuck about. Like, see, I, I liked the background and the setup for the character, but as soon as he started making food and they explained what he was doing with that, I was like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself so hard. Oh, yeah, so I'm just going to get in there with my little fingies and slice <laughs> oh. it up good and, and inject the flavor right in the meat with my fingies. <laughs> I buy the fucking needle guy more than that guy. No, nah, that's another one where I just was like, oh, I'm- uh, he looked like a rejected Team Fortress uh, character. <laughs> yeah. 
See, I was thinking that he's the, like, Wish.com version of the uh, lady from My Hero Academia that uses the needles and shit. Yeah, if they, um, if they had a kid. <laughs> okay, apparently, third challenge, and this is how much that we're losing track. I forgot that there was a third challenge of impress three of WGO's top judges. Yeah. Uh, My brain went straight to the the food wars that start happening. Wait, wasn't the impress when we saw Chainsaw Lady for the first time? Maybe. I think, I th- yeah, for some reason, I thought she was just... No, it wasn't a food war, because they, like, show up and, like... Um, I was mixing that with the deli, the, the convenience store. Mm. No, because they get past the convenience store, and it's like... Well, now, like, all of the rest was preliminaries. This is when it's about to begin, and, like, we need to show them that Noir isn't fucking around, and this is what you're actually dealing with. That's right. They basically just show us some of Noir's set. Yeah, basically, yeah, you get introduced to Noir, and that's basically the final uh, third challenge. And just like, (laughs) if you can't cook on their level, your shit is weak. And it seems like that's going to be the Noir that's... So they are the ones that are recurring as far as who fucking Homeboy is talking to behind the scenes the entire time. But they all get beat, like, right away, and, like, they bring in more Noir members that then also just get beat in the background. And one of them looks like fucking Mr. Freeze. Because, yeah, and then we also have Sarge, who is the lady with the chainsaw, the clown, the assassin, and the hipster bartender. Yeah. Which we'll talk about him because I actually <laughs> liked Hipster Bartender. But, I kind of um, liked Hipster Bartender too. <laughs> we have a Christmas cake of Sarge versus Soma. Soma wins. Yeah, he makes a oh, Bush cake. Noel, which yeah. I do like. Uh, I do love a Bush Noel, and like that, it looks cool. He he calls it his Midsummer Christmas cake, um, uh, which he uses like a, he goes back to the convenience store to get his uh, like get it like a ice cream or something so we can get a wooden spoon to break in half to do the like wood grain texture on it but again it kind of felt like oh look Soma's using something from just like the department store is very much like his first battle with meat meat where he's just using whatever cheap ass meat he could find on sale like which is what I fucking loved in that it was just like okay yeah Lady with the chainsaw, cool. Glad you can use that chainsaw to cook this meat. Glad you can use this chainsaw to whip your eggs. Oh my god, she used a sledgehammer to break all of that chocolate in one hit. Yeah, it was a fucking sledgehammer. Oh. Don't use that chocolate now. Cool that you got your oven specifically designed so you can blow it up and to cook your your fucking um little little She's a Fortnite character. Bread. I'm just like also at the same time. Like, fucking, they got puff pastry. You can just buy some puff pastry. <laughs> um, also, like, whisks are a thing. <laughs> and, um... You don't have to have a chainsaw multi-tool, is what you're telling me here? You don't need to have a chainsaw for fuck all in a kitchen. <laughs> Electric carving knives are rad as shit, but also only if you're carving at, like, a presenting table in bulk. Really, otherwise, just get a fucking sharp knife. Like... The fact that so much is like, oh yeah, you you need your fucking special chainsaw to make your cake. Here's my cake. I baked it in an oven. <laughs> <laughs> I used a wooden spoon that I broke in half. Okay, that said, if Sarge was a real person and she put on like a cooking show, like you go to like a cooking presentation kind of thing, I'd fucking go. 
Oh yeah, I would love to watch it. <laughs> if somebody was actually making a chainsaw work in the kitchen, I would love to see it. But it is where, of all things, I accept the random exploding clothes literal superpower over but that chainsaw. Sarge is where my suspension of disbelief shatters in this fucking show. My, yeah, just from the standpoint of like, that just seems like so much fucking work. Like, I guarantee you, you can make that same dish through conventional means mm -hmm. in probably less time. <laughs> and I wouldn't likely cut my hand off with a fucking random chainsaw. Um, next match, we get Sukasa or, uh, yeah, Skasa and um, Saiba. Right. Which mostly just existed to have Frieza beat up Vegeta and show that, like, this is a new scale of war. Mm -hmm. We see that Skasa has become a better chef because he's not Andy Warhol taking the artist out of the art entirely. Like, Andy Warhol is a piece of shit, but his entire thing was, like, taking the artist out of the art so you so basically anyone could do this except it was a hundred percent Andy Warhol it it didn't work but it's interesting art history stuff I love that concept I don't love the execution uh I actually really love Andy Warhol style but I mean, again I'm way off topic Scott's <laughs> whole thing was like take me out of this entirely just feel what the what the food wants is just the most you shouldn't taste me bullshit. you should taste the food I hate mm -hmm. that sentence but this one is now like Skas is finding the perfect blend between himself and the food. Sure, whatever. It does make Skas's cooking more interesting to me, but Skas is here to get beat to show how dangerous Saiba is. Mm -hmm. Also, they both look good though. Yeah, they did. Also, is this the one where Saiba beats most of Noir off screen? Yeah, basically, mm -hmm. it's like, go take him out for me. No. All right. Give me your shit. No. All right, All right, I'm going to punch you until you do. Except I'm going to food punch you, because... Yeah, he just food wars everybody real quick. Be like, uh, I need all your shit, and if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to take it by force. I know you are all... All are the kinds of assholes that if I challenge you and to put your shit on the line, you're going to. So I'm just going to take your little guillotine. I'm going to take your... Uh, your fucking clown balls, probably. Yeah, because like, he does use the clown balls later. Um... Bunny hair is the type of chef that definitely makes that, like, dish that you have to hide your head from God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the fucking, uh, like, the baby stuff to the bird mm -hmm. and then eat it bones and all. Mm -hmm. What was her thing? I don't even remember. She was, like, the sadistic chef or That's something. Right, but she just the more she tortures a meal, the tastier it is. But she just existed to have a weird lady with a bunny hat giggling in the background for a couple episodes. But you could have had that without her having the, uh, like, she could have just giggled. It would have, like, did, did she need to be creepy? Oh, she was also fucking jacked. Oh, That's yeah, true. she was, she was yoked as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the one where we learn about cross knives, which is cool. I thought it, yeah. It's another... As far as powers in this show goes, it's a cool one. I dig it. I think part of the problem with the season is it really does become much more outside of the god tongue, which was just basically perfect pitch, but for food. Like, actual fucking powers. Which, like, it's not that far off in that, like, there are people, no, like, 
the extent that, like, I, I touched this chef's tool and now I can cook this fucking seven-course okay. meal. and this is what it's I ridiculous. mean. The fact that you're using the stupid voice <laughs> yes. to explain things. But I do know people that literally just, like, see someone cook something once. And just know how to do it. And can do it perfectly again without having to be told. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a thing. I know that's a real thing. I've seen this with people. And I've seen people that can do it from fucking, like, YouTube videos and don't even need it to have it be, like, an in-person tutorial. Mm-hmm. Or it's a, it reminds me of the, like, uh, children music prodigies where you hand them an instrument and, like, ten minutes later, they're playing it. That's true. Which, which by the way, Flavor Flav one of those people. Interesting. That weirdo has to do something to, be like, be what a successful... Anything. Anything. Oh, Flava Flav is incredibly talented. He's just a weirdo. And comes with being incredibly talented a lot yeah, of times. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Takami goes up against noir chef Don Kama, who is the hipster bartender with the drag queens. Were they drag queens? I couldn't quite tell. It didn't seem like they implied that, but also seemed like they were just like butch women. I It really read very much as the... Uh, Anime does drag queens dirty a lot by making them kind of, like, low-effort drag queens. I can't remember what one of the alternate titles they gave for him was, but in the subs, one of his titles was, like, the queer something. Oh, cool. It does it better than most. They just do drag queens in a way that it's, like, a man in a wig who doesn't bother to shave as opposed to, like, the respecting the actual art of drag, but it does it better it than a lot like of other anime I've seen. Cross-dressing than it does drag. I was about to say, do you... I know at this point like, there's a, a lot of cultural crossover, but is there actual, as we understand it, drag culture in Japan? This is the thing I want to know more about. I'm, I'm curious. Because to me, I feel like drag culture as we know it is a very American thing. That's a fair point, and the stuff that I find problematic, I am looking at through an extremely American lens, so I don't know enough to say. Yeah, I also don't know enough about it within the context of anime, let alone just Japan on the whole. But I do love that there's a hipster bartender (laughs) with a bunch of, we'll just go with cross-dressers, hanging out and kidnapping people. Like, that's oddly one of the best parts of this yes. season. Uh, I did not want his uh, his dish he made, but I don't know. The amuse-bouche of like a hundred layers or something mm-hmm. like that. That sounds complicated. That's going to get muddled. I don't care that he has a bunch of people mixing it real well, and it's all timed perfectly, but yeah, that... I just liked him and his people. Oh, no. <laughs> it's very fun, and also I always love like that that archetype of like, anime character that has a big-ass bushy mustache and, and glasses and wears that, like, butler outfit for some reason. He does look like he's about 45, though. Um, I like the idea behind the dish. I just agree with you that I think it would get muddled. Yeah, it's... It, the shocking thing is that it didn't! Yeah. <laughs> Turn, okay, but yes, he he's kidnapped... Realistically, talk- it'd be bad dish. I don't, I, don't, I don't even say muddled, like, the actual layers. I just mean that many layers of flavor, I'm not going to be able to pick out a single one of them. Bingo. You get what uh, I mean. Yeah. 
the the point of the like special thing of this challenge is that you can have a partner. So obviously Takami wants Isami with him. Also, that is but, not a fucking amuse bouche. The more I think about it, because an amuse bouche traditionally should be a single bite and is supposed to be a signature definition of that chef or. The other end of it is a single definition of to define the meal that will be prepared for them if they're preparing a multiple course meal. So like it should be a single bite. He gave them fucking like three big ass shot glasses that are like big, big looking things. They they when he when he brings out the shot glasses, they point out that it's a style of a mouche bouche that's specifically called uh, whatever, because oh, it's yeah. based on that shot glass. That's right, yeah. Yeah, they do talk, they go into the depth of that. That becomes like a dish known because of the dish that it's mm-hmm. served Okay, in. credit to it as much as we made fun of it. They do still do little bits about the food. Here and there. Just, yeah, they just too much to do. And that one feels like that you wouldn't need to be a professional chef to know that. Like, you could look up just, like, the history. It's like, and this dish is known because of this thing, because it's served in this specific dish that's called this. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about this one, okay, other than Ismi's been kidnapped, and I love Ismi, so that's a bummer. But, like, it's supposed to be, oh, you're fucked, you don't have your partner. But we get that nice moment of... I mean, it's the Goku and Vegeta are stronger together kind of thing, and the realization of, like, all right, you kidnapped me, and that sucks, but, like, you made this worse for yourself, because now he's just going to work with Soma? (laughs) (laughs) And Soma always pushes him to greater heights. And it's why this group works and why I love them. And I was watching, because, you know, I have Squires and Belagarth. I have... Students And I was like, oh, my God, I want them to watch the horny cooking show so they can learn lessons. But like that using it, it's what I love about Soma and why I argue you when you're like, no, he's just an egotist. He is an egotist, but he also is willing to admit when people are like better than him. And he uses the competition to get better, but also to make sure the other person gets better, too. And, And like, using competition and fighting to the death, but also, you're my best friend. I think also a part of that is definitely inherently willed to him from, like, his growing up working in Yukihira of, like, Mm -hmm. needing to, like, being drilled into him of, like, you need, whatever you're cooking needs to be, like, what that customer needs, whether or, or whether or not they even know what they want or need, you need to be giving them what they need as a customer with your cooking. And I think that's bled into his rivalries with the way he works with people. It's like, in this challenge, this meal is not only to win this challenge, but I also need to cook it so well that you fucking learn a lesson, the judges learn a lesson, everybody gets better. I do appreciate that end of it. it is. And then they make something that involves cheese and turtle. Yeah, it seemed fine. N- neither of these I really wanted to try. It didn't seem much. like an amuse bouche to me, but sure. Oh yeah, and it it's, looks like a little yin yang dish. So they they did their own version of the same thing that Homeboy did, except instead of stacking the layers vertically, they stacked them horizontally, horizontally. and made it look like a, a yin yang. Yin-yang. Thank you. Again, the thing that I liked here was the emotional moment. Of fucking Soma kicking down the door to be like, all right, you suck, let's fix this. <laughs> and that it was an earned moment after five seasons of these characters interacting. Uh, let's see. Megumi against Assassin Man. She wins. 
Oh, like fucking slaps down Assassin Man just like out of nowhere. Like he's like, get ready. And everyone's like, this is where she does the like mommy thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Mama don't like that or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and makes a plate lunch, like a school plate lunch to win. Uh, the main thing about this one is we get more of the Erin backstory. The Her mother also has the god tongue. And, and that, it's basically driven her insane. It's not. A, it's more of a curse than anything because the more the longer you have it, the less able you are to eat food without being disgusted by everything. Because you can taste every everything. single flaw, and it's just harder and harder to ignore. Like, and you're seeing this tangentially with Arina as she's battling. Like, slowly, like, she's, like, becoming more obsessive about the flavor palettes, having to battle all of these people at once during the blue. The, that little extra thing brought the god to, like, as wild as it is, it brought it a little bit more down-to-earth for mm-hmm. me because it reminded me of, once again, more of onto the music side, people that have, like, genetic perfect pitch, 100% of the time lose it over the course of their lifetime whatever it is in their brain that made it so that they had perfect pitch for 20 30 40 years just goes off a little bit weird and so they now have perfectly off by sharp pitch (laughs) off by flat pitch ah that's horrifying (laughs) Like, your only hope was to learn what you're off by and then try and compensate Mm -hmm. and hope it doesn't change again. But 100% of people that have genetically perfect pitch lose it. I remember being in choir and the number of people that claimed they had perfect pitch and was like, I'd sit next to you, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we also find out that, like... Erin's mom doesn't eat anymore. She is IV fed, and I'm like... Because she can't handle food. No mm-hmm. thanks, I hate it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's so gross. I do like that we get the first bit of Soma like knocking Erina out of her funk by being like, don't give a fuck. <laughs> See you at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> Megumi challenges Saiba. If she wins, then Saiba will stop harassing Erina and stop trying to marry her. Uh, if he wins, she will stop being... Erna's friend, friend, which you know is never going... Like, thematically, she can't beat him here from the way that this plot is being developed. Also, thematically, you know that best-case scenario, she's going to be like, fuck yourself. (laughs) But really, it just turns out Saiba doesn't give a fuck about Food Wars, despite the fact that he's holding Erina to, like, you're going to have to marry me, like, the worst possible Food War thing. He only cares about him in the context of being able to manipulate people into what he wants. Uh Uh-huh. He's a fuck boy. I didn't you put that word together with him until one of you said it, but I think I said fuck lord, but fuck boy's equally right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lord implies he's more powerful than he actually is. Fuck boy actually is probably more accurate. He is a little boy. He starts bragging, I'm gonna win, no one can beat me, yada yada yada. Soma has one of his Yeah, but I'm gonna beat you. And it It's a fun Soma moment, but it's the Soma moment that we have seen. Like, every three episodes? Is that then where we get a montage of just a bunch of people losing so that we can actually get to their battle? Yep. (laughs) 
And you're like, oh, look, there's like three new noir members, and they lost. <laughs> and that was fast. Fucking Erina takes out Takami in the fucking, like, sidelines mm-hmm. in the semifinals. And he's like, I know I don't have a chance, but, like, it'll be an honor. Just go fuck yourself. Erina's <laughs> having a tough day. <laughs> that, that all reminded me of... Um, Danny Rojas when they were playing in the international <laughs> games. <laughs> Danny Rojas is a different person when he plays for Mexico. Yeah, it is. It's not Erina is back to who she was because she's also clearly coming apart at the seams, but she's cut herself off from the people she gives a fuck about to, to try and make herself better. And it, obviously doesn't work because people need a support system. Yeah, it's very clear that she's she was told by... Uh, why do I forget his name every time? But uh, Soma's dad. Joichiro. Joichiro. It seems like she was told by Joichiro that like the same thing of like, find someone and cook for them and took that as her mom and when her mom fucking lost her shit because of the god tongue and bounced. Trauma. Yeah. And Erna is just, like, back in that loop. And the whole thing she's doing right now is basically I need to beat my mom, essentially, instead of, like, I'm trying to cook for my mom to help her. Everyone shows up, and they have to do the... Everyone shows up to just cheer because they miss Ishki and the Polaris people. Oh, I forgot this. In the Azure, they say goodbye to, like, every chef we've seen except for the two bro dudes. They're not even in it. You see them very briefly in the first episode, at the beach episode. Yes, but what I mean is, in the, like, Azur, who's going to get into the blue, every other member of Polaris is shown the dish they make. Oh, they didn't get in. They're not in there. That's fucking hilarious. I mean, it makes sense. They don't do anything. (laughs) No, they're the bro dudes. But how did they get into Polaris in the first place? Bro dude energy? They, they're really good at fried vegetables, and they cheer well. <laughs> um, we end up with the five grand cuisines where you have to mix French, Chinese, Turkish, Indian, and Italian into a single dish. It just sounds bad. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to try them both. I wanted to try Soma's. I did not. I was not at all interested in Saiba's. I love fried rice, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I fucking love fried rice. It is a regular rotation for me um, uh, of cooking things and eating things. But the shark fin fucking pot pie he makes. See, I'm I'm down with pot pies. I'm not usually much of like a soup guy, which is kind of what it is on the inside. But it's a little bit thicker, a little bit more of a stew. And if and you like put you, it in like a pot pie, you can like balance it a little and bit. And that's the thing. Like you have to knock like the lattice into it so like I'm about that because I love it all getting like all soaked up and mixed in there and like not a big fan of the shark fin but like the the, the super cheesy dumplings or whatever in there I, that sounded fucking fantastic to me uh, his Soma makes fried rice that combines Chinese dongo pork Italian aqua paza Indian porial French mirapoi and Turkish pilaf yeah, now I did want to try some. So his sounded fucking His sounded great. fantastic. Yeah. And, like, it would actually be easy to make, too. And he did, well, except for the whole mayonnaise coating, the peel-off yeah. grains, yada, yada, yada. That one, 
I don't think that it hits as hard in the anime as it does in the manga that, like, he learns this skill by watching his mom cook. Yeah, this is where, in the anime, this is where you get the bulk of, like, the uh, his mom's story. Um, and, like, see, like, his mom was a cook at Yukihira's, and... She was fucking awful. Awful. But also, just never gave up. And it was basically, like, a thing that all the customers, like... She understood. Let's see how you do. Is it gonna be? <laughs> is it gonna be edible or is it gonna be shit? <laughs> she understood taking care of the customer. She understood cooking for joy. She understood cooking for other people, and the whole competition angle. But she just sucked at it. Sucked at it. <laughs> but she didn't care. So she had she the just thing. Loved to cook. So she cooked. So she had the thing that Soma has that they talked about before of like unique of Soma of losing doesn't mean shit to him. Like he hates losing, but. All right. I lost. I lost. Let's I didn't next. die. I, I, I'm still here. Let's keep cooking. Let's go. <laughs> and that's where they got the skill of... He got the thing that kept him from going the Joichi route and getting burned out and mm-hmm. semi-dying. Uh, it's so good that not only does the burst explode... The food or the clothes, but it blows up part of the castle wall. That was so funny. <laughs> or is that the next time he cooks? Oh no! What doesn't Saiba's dish is tasted first? Yes, and yeah. it activates the it, uh, the endowment. The or endowment. That's right, and his just activates the endowment bigger, and it goes all the way into town, which has to suck for whoever's just like going about their day. I don't know at a construction place or. Teaching school to minors. <laughs> oh, no. Well, what what was it? it? Was like his did the burst. Cause they they made the the difference. They're like, by the way, when you guys were watching this for the past few, four seasons, what you were seeing was actually two different types of it happening. The burst and the endowment. The the normal endowment only removes the clothes. The burst actually shreds the clothes. Mm-hmm. And his he's uh, kicked off a burst that was. Most of the time, the endowment just does the remove the clothes on other people, even when it does the pulse. And his triggered it to be the burst on other people where their clothes were being shredded. And then I can't remember why Soma's was different the first time, but then it's the last time that it does the the building as well. Oh, okay. oh that that's later once. Um, um, I think that's Aaron's dish. Yeah. Uh... It's his dish against Arana. It's his, yeah, it's oh, his it's, dish against Arana. We never they, see Arana. Yeah, oh, we never right, see Arana's right. other than she wins. Which the implication is that Arana's uh, honing of her cooking skills has also honed her endowment. We also it stronger. We also see at this point Cybus defeated, and I guess he's not evil anymore. He's not evil, and, and he's learned that. Uh, but also. Fuck me, is it so great when he's just, like, he's building his dish and he has, like, a moment of self-doubt and he just, like, gets, like, believe in yourself, Saiba? From, like, some random guy who's, like... A I bunch know of can, different a, chefs. A bunch of be- different chefs that, like, he had, like... like it was the, the ones pre- that he had defeated to get all their shit from. But, like, it's all framed to him <laughs> of, like, we believe in you, go, you can do it! And then just, like, dude... They would not be happy. You, <laughs> you stole their shit. You showed up, wrecked their shit, and stole it, and then <laughs> left. They are not your friends or mentors. You just stole their cooking implements, man. Well, and that's kind of... The and they say it in fiction of, like, don't don't be cut into flashbacks like you're the main protagonist here, bro. 
the it does show the difference between them and Soma because Soma does have those people cheering him on. Also, in the manga, they hit harder the, like, he comes across as the protagonist because in the manga, they're like, Soma is really much more like the demon that takes everything around him and combines it into something horrifying. But Which, also like, great. They they refer to him as, like, a warlock in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just lean on that a little heavier in the manga. And here we have Erina versus Soma. Erina's continuing to come apart at the seams. And I do love this bit. This is like a high point of the season. Of Soma fucking just going up, tasting her food, being like, this sucks. Get your shit together. (laughs) Don't care about the blue. Don't care about anything else. You're the cold bitch that I love. However you want it to get for whatever given value of love that matters. I need you to be you so we can keep doing this shit and makes his food. And it's what based off and it's the egg tempura bowl, which is based off everything he learned at Totski, but heavily involving shit that he learned from Erina herself. But it can't be the first meal he ever made, because they already did that in the previous season. And it can't be the first thing he ever gave her, because that's... They've already done that in the previous season. So it's the, like, first time Erina directly beat him in cooking. Which, at this point, is kind of finding a stretch of other meals that he's done that... (laughs) Like, other other things that they can literally grasping at straws of, like, ah, Yeah, they cooked together at that time. We'll do that one. You beat me on this one. Okay. I managed (laughs) to pull out with my omelet dish, but you still beat me first with your Benedict. By making more of them. You made... This is the part, this is the final episode, and it should be at least two episodes. Oh, three. That's maybe three. Yeah. The last episode is so fucking dense. Um... We have the fucking egg tempura bowl. We have the double burst because it's hers and her mother's at the same time, combined with hers mm-hmm. being more powerful. We do find out that there is her dad had a not her dad, her granddad had a plot in creating the diamond generation of like, we need to have these people that Erina's going up against. So she's eternally pushing herself farther and not just getting stuck, which is what keeps happening to people. He made a bunch of diamonds to polish this really hard-ass stone. The thing that the manga hits a little harder is he's openly at one point being like, I might destroy these other fucking kids. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, within the context of the the rest of the universe, he does this all the... He's the fucking dean of fucking... Totski. Totski. I know, but I... And like, episode one, we all agreed... This is a bad school. (laughs) I get it, and I agree, but he's openly like, I am picking the most gifted chefs of this generation, and they might all go insane and die, and I don't care. It's not just, like... But also, at the same time, they might become real good chefs. And that's what (laughs) happened. I just, it's... In the manga, they definitely hit that the plan is much more sinister, or potentially sinister, than it's shown in the anime, because they have, like half this fucking oversized manga that I'm holding in my hand despite the audio medium 
that they fit into the last eight minutes of this fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. She refuses. Uh, they're like, they'll finally admit that the food's good. And they're like, nah, it's disgusting. But only compared to what I'm about to make. And then they don't show. We don't even have any idea what she makes. It. it That's fine. We, we can't. I, it doesn't. You can't. You I can't show ultimate I understand why, but like every other time they at least like pretend to try. But also, I don't even want to know. Like, I don't, I, I don't give a shit, man. At this point. We go to the after party. Soma disappears at the after party to go pull a Joichiro and travel the world. For only six months, too, which mm-hmm. also seems long and short. Now, I understand why they abbreviated this part. In the manga, he doesn't disappear in the after party. But he's kind of listless for a while afterwards. And then six months later, he disappears. Mm. And we do get to see, like, the rest of the ten forming the fall classic, and we get to see little bits of how he's assembled, like, how he's affected the school. The, there's just, like, Polaris is, is just fucking a waiting list to attempt to get in, and there's new generations of kids all competing, but they're actually, like, buddy competing now, as opposed to, like, having to learn that uh, they really do convey better that he is, despite the fact that he's terrible at paperwork in the manga, they convey that he is the leader of this group of people. They all kind of follow him. They just still fight. And then we jump forward six years as opposed to just everything is happening six months later. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So we get to see, and I brought this and I'm going to go real fast with it. Uh, where everyone is. Also, all the knockeries are together now, and I don't care because the solid two thirds of them suck. You find out Saiba is Aaron's half brother, and that it's very much not touched on where fucking uh, who his mom is. A one night stand who died. It comes up in here where he visits her grave. Bubber. And like yeah. everyone's like. She was nice, but she was kind of a hoe. Like, is basically the thing. <laughs> and then they show up and be like, we've come to take you home. Maybe and don't it's all of the, of the dead <laughs> like that, fuck. They even say that in the manga, being like, come on, she's dead. Don't say that. And like, sorry, man. Loved her. She was a hoe. Sure. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but less than you would hope. Damn. Uh, and then, yeah, they're like, the Nakri family's together again. I'm like, I don't care. Three out of five of them are the worst. And the other two are still kind of suck. Like, yeah, the whole family sucks donkey dick. I like Erina and Dean Asami. Not Dean Asami. Yeah, the original Dean. Food Dumbledore. But I yeah. also am aware <laughs> that Food Dumbledore is a shithead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, jump forward six years later. Erina is still running the school. Secretary girl. Hisako. Hisako, thank you. Only because it is directly in front of me as I'm looking at it is there. I understand why they didn't do the six years later, because I think they ran out of money. Oh. And they would have had to pay for all of the redesigns. Well, if they jump forward six months, they don't have to redesign every character to be Mm -hmm. in their early Mm -hmm. 20s. Uh, Ishki has opened his own restaurant of the family, like his own branch of the family restaurant, where he's allowed to do his own shit. Cool. Nice. Good for Ishki. Kuga 
is now in charge of five Chinese restaurants where he's the head chef of every single one of them. Fine. I don't care about it. It's Google. fine. Yeah, it's it's he's there. Megami is now running her family in, which is doing great as opposed to almost about to die. And during the off season is hanging out with Nene, who is the girl that Ishki like grew up with and learned oh, from. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And they the Soba. Yes, and they are both learning under the former member who, like... The ramen one? No. She was the one that was, like, obsessed with Megami during the hell camp and got, like, got tied up by... Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. She's not been seen in, like, 15 to 20 volumes. But basically offered Megami, like, hey, come work for me whenever you want. But also might want to fuck her. Yeah, like, it was weird. I mean, who doesn't? Megami's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turns out that Aizan, the creepy Yakuza kid, uh, Yuki, the hunter girl, and Meet Meet, Ikumi Mito, are all running a meat conglomerate together at this point. Like, they just control the meat industry in Japan. Akira... I feel like Rindo should be part of that, too, but... I think Rindo's doing what Rindo do. Yeah. <laughs> Akira is... Too chaotic for that. They could, I mean... I feel like there's a way they that they t- could hire Rindo to be Rindo. I'm Rindo sure she a rolls in a contractor in that scenario where, like, there's like, hey, we need you to go bring us some fucking piranhas or something. We need you to bring us this cow that only exists on a mountain. <laughs> uh, Kira is doing his weird aroma stuff still. He is a teacher at Totski. And he uh, work is basically being set up to take over Gin's position mm. okay. as the like administrator of all the Toski oh, stuff. Makes sense like for that. him. That's cool. Uh, the Aldinis are running their family restaurant where it, they've become near legendary, and several times a year travel to Japan to do random pop up restaurants. Like we're here for a month. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Who wants pizza? <laughs> and, I mean, they're doing exactly what you want the Aldini brothers to be yeah. doing. Uh. Rindo and Skasa are doing what Rindo and Skasa do, and all of the ten that were in the like final challenge are being set up to run the Fall Hell camp. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I like that the rec- recurring secular nature to yeah. what they've set up here. Of like Joichiro some... is doing what Joichiro do. Oh my boy, Mimsaka. I don't remember. We'll get. I'm, I'm working my way through. <laughs> uh, Alice is running Knockery International and doing molecular gastronomy stuff. Ryo Kurakaiba is still operating as her number two guy while also, quote, dabbles in marine biology, researching the effects of climate change on the world's oceans and looking for more sustainable fishing practices. That seems on brand for him, I love actually. I yeah. love it. Uh, the Knockery family all sucks. They're all there. They did stuff. They're not dead. Soma technically graduated, which I didn't think he did, but mostly because Alice, not Alice, Erina worked her ass off to not get him expelled because he just skipped yeah. a oh, yeah, lot they, of they, shit. They say that in the anime. Yeah, like, they mentioned that in the anime. I had to give you special like special like write-offs for, like, <laughs> you were gone for fucking six months. Normally, you would have been expelled very quickly for being gone even a week. You got real fucking special treatment here. 
We also get some flashbacks. We see where his mom dies. We also see, and this happened a little earlier, uh, Joichiro tells Erina and I think it's either Alice or Megami about it, about how he met her, his wife, Soma's mom, which was adorable that she's this, like, former gang member and he's, well, still super burned out, like, goes to their restaurant, to Yukihira's, and is like, who is this weird gang chick that keeps making, like, dangerous food for people to eat? <laughs> but likes it there, because he likes the atmosphere, and so anytime he's in Japan, he stops by and is slowly, like, her dad basically is like, you're going to save my restaurant now. Love you. Please stay. And sh uh, she claims him as a member of her gang, and eventually, after learning his story, yada, 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 is upgraded from member of gang to my special someone. And it's just an incredibly sweet moment. I'm sad that it didn't get included in the anime. I swear to God, they ran out of money. Oh, no, I guarantee <laughs> they ran out of money. Probably because they spent so much time showing the nicer butts. Yep. And then the rest runs roughly the same as it did before, except they're all older. He makes the fucking... Or he, they, many of them come to... Yukihira's because he's trying to finally make her admit, make Erina admit that his food is delicious with the heavy subtext of basically she admits that they're going to get married. Like, come on. That's the <laughs> whole thing going here. She had the whole like, I thought we'd be cooking together, but turns out you kind of suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love Soma. He's one of my favorite anime protagonists, but like, God, he's unreliable. He's also a mysterious, legendary cook. The people are like, who is this man? He just shows up every once in a while. Like, they try and stop him at uh, entry into Japan through, like, customs, being like, why do you have these knives and various things? And a customs guy recognizes him as, like, the mysterious, amazing cook. So I'm going to like, get the fuck out of here, kid. Let him go through. Take your knives and go. <laughs> Uh, first feeds him the now we're going too far with the disgusting squid legs and peanut butter because it is now squid legs and peanut butter marinated in coffee mixed with sweet and sour habanero pork and simmered in mint sauce. Yep. Gross. Yeah. Gives me at the mint sauce really in all honesty. That said, CC and I They did bring like, that up in the anime. They said peppermint something uh -huh. I think but in the CC and I both like yeah I'd try it. I don't want to but I would. And it's really just so they can have a final one of all of the characters being grabbed by tentacles. One last. One last time. And then he's... There it is. This time I swear it. This will be the dish to make you say it's good. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. Also in the manga, it's happy to serve instead of you're welcome. And it throws me when I've been watching or reading one and it switches to the other. I like Happy to Serve better. It contextually feels right. Mm -hmm. In its Polaris dorm instead of uh, whatever the fuck they call it in... Doesn't matter. There, nope. there, there's some slight yeah, changes. Th yeah, they change some localization stuff. I don't know. We're, I feel like it's literally to make mouth flaps work better. Basically. We're two hours into this. This is the worst season by far. If you like Food Wars, go in knowing it's the worst season. But if you like Food Wars, if you like these characters, there's some good moments for almost every character still. It's it's worth it to tie off their stories. Yeah. 
I think they could have ended it with season four, and I would have lost. I would have lost a couple of cool moments. I would have not felt like I lost anything, and I would have been like, "Fuck! I want there to be more." Because I remember finishing that point in the manga, being like, "I want so much more," and then reading <laughs> that, and it's being like, "This was unnecessary," and I'm glad that they ended it now, at least. I don't know. I personally feel like I'm pretty satisfied with it overall. I think it's definitely weird and not good compared to the rest of it. But like having the emotional little beats tied off for me, getting to see Megami get some recognition this season that justified almost everything else. Really, like um, uh, Soma's mom's narrative and getting backstory to give him like better context to his like failure and like approach to failure. I really like it. I, I, I liked the season overall. I do think that, yeah, it is the worst of the seasons, mm-hmm. but I still think that it like still good. Yeah. It's fine. But that's the problem. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's good. I unnecessary. If it was three seasons long, I think the arc might've been my favorite just cause I do as much as some of it lost me. I do love how outlandish noir was. But if they gave it three seasons, they would have had time to do the outlandish shit. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. felt rushed. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't part of the original plot line. And it just, it's very obvious it's tacked on. Which, like, in the book, they I think they referenced that, like, when that came out, that last book, they had only just announced season four of the anime going into effect. I think so. They also admit in this book of, like, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> this is, but here we all are. This is what we are giving you. Cool. Yeah. I don't have much else to say. No, I'm good. That's all I I'm got. I'm done. Also, I gotta go. I got shit to do. Uh, next time, we are watching one of my favorite movies from when I was in high school. One that you've covered over on Fried Squirm, so it is a... Long enough ago that I don't remember crossover. what I said. We are going to... I'm, I'm not going to listen to your Fried Squirms episode until after we record it, but I am going to listen because I'm curious. We're going to cover Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Minute, 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 minute. Oh, I'm so happy to see more left hand again. One of the best characters in anime. But in the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is ran on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, Also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, Email us, generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.